You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. All right, it's time for another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. I'm Mark Seaman. He's not. He's Matt Kleinschmidt. And together, we form and unite the Laugh Button. Voltron. We form and unite the Laugh Button. Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first things first, brand new theme song. I like it. Uh, Billy Yost, who's uh, the lead singer of The Kickback. And he plays me sometimes when I'm not here. That's very true. He's done that twice now. Yes. Uh, I want to thank him and his brother, uh, Danny, for the brand new theme song for the Laugh Button Podcast. It's already yeah. stuck in my head. I can't get it out, and uh, and it's going to be at the top of every show from here on out. So kudos to those guys, and uh, and check out the Kickback. They're amazing, man. One of my uh, favorite bands functioning right now as a unit. Yeah, they're good dudes, man. Billy's a good dude. The whole band's a bunch of good dudes. All right, uh, Matt. There's social elements that people can get involved in that involve us. Follow us on all the socials at the Laugh Button, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Etc. Etc. Sign up for our newsletter as well. You yes. can go to laughbutton.com, enter your electronic mailing address, and we will uh, send you a newsletter with important information, contesting the top stories of the week, and anything else that's uh, pretty incredible that you're only going to be able to get through the laugh button. Sometimes you get some special discount codes for some shows in your area. It's yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, for the people that don't know Riotcast, Matt, you want to fill them in on Riotcast, our our home turf, if you will, Bobby Kelly's podcasting network. Maybe you can dive into a couple of the shows. Go to riotcast.com slash the laugh button and you'll uh, and you'll see all of our shows are archived over there. Also while you're on Riotcast, click around. There's a bunch of great shows on there and they're all free. Uh, you have Bobby Kelly's show, you know what dude. You have Jim Florentine Damn. who's been a guest. You have Dude. you have Nick DiPaolo, right. he has a show, The Jersey Jerks, who I've been appear I've appeared on their show. That you got Weird Medicine, you got Why You Suck in Bed. I wanna see the uh, live of the comedy tables back too. So yeah, there's a ton of rides. Pete like Sebastian. Guess. Pete and Sebastian yeah, show. Love those dudes. The new show, uh, Misery Loves Company, mm-hmm. which with Kevin Brennan. It's a great one as well. So, yeah, there's a ton of great shows on Ryancast.com. All right. I want to give a shout out uh, to someone in particular here who interacted with us here at the Laugh Button. He goes by the name. We got some great. Oh, before I, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. We got some great feedback this week. If you guys want to email us or text us or, or tweet at us, podcast at the laughbutton.com. That's right. We'll podcast your, at the laughbutton.com. And we'll read your shit online. Yeah. Well, on this one air. comes from Scott M. Estes. Hopefully, I'm saying your last name right. Uh, <laughs> Scott actually was our. VIP winner for the Limestone Comedy Festival. This guy got the royal treatment up at the Limestone Comedy Fest. And uh, and he shot us a note just to say thank you. It's very cool uh, that he did that. It's something he didn't have to do, but he did because he's a champion. He said, thanks again so much for this. And at the risk of stating the obvious, the festival was amazing. And I love your site too. All the best, Scott. So Scott, thank you very much for partaking in said website. And we're glad that you won and had a great time up at Limestone. I heard it was the balls. I feel like we should play like some theme music when we do the, when we open the listener mailbag. Okay, yeah, we can do <laughs> like, that. Wee. We can come up with it. Suggest, su- the audience can suggest uh, what music we should play in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they can even submit some at uh, podcast at uh, thelaughbutton.com. We also got a great email, too, from Rodrigo Torjan. Rodrigo Torjan, I think I'm pronouncing it right. He has been following us forever, and he shot me a really nice email. Uh, 
and he just real quick I'm not going to read the whole email but like you know I followed the laugh button for quite some time as one of the premier venues for comedy journalism nice we're comedy journalists Mark that's hey I'm wearing <laughs> the hat that says press in it right now so and a mainstay on my bookmark toolbar I think the laugh button's ability to both cover and sponsor comedy at every vantage point from writing comprehensive articles to actually putting on events make it unique in that it both contributes to and effectively reports on the comedy zeitgeist wow it sounds like this guy's a journalist and we need to uh, bring I him on board I know that like we've gotten some we got some really great feedback this week uh, it's been unbelievable another really great piece of feedback we discovered this weekend was uh, we were name dropped in, uh, in, in an ad for Mark Marin's TV show on IFC. That's pretty amazing. Uh, and look, uh, I wrote the words brilliantly funny. They took those brutally words. Funny. Brutally, brutally funny. funny. I'm yes. sorry. And and uh, they took them, slapped them on a, a nice. Uh, how many? It was pink on a black. Yeah. How many frames per se? We got some good screen yeah. time there, man. It yeah. was great. With the laughbutton.com so, quoted right underneath. So. so we got great feedback, great response from people this week, and uh, we should start reading these things more more week, more often. We will. So people, so we're not operating in a vacuum. So if you want to talk to us, drop us a line. Podcast at laughbutton.com. You got it. Just want to let everyone know too, we have great guests joining us on this episode of the Laugh Button Podcast. He goes by the name Nick Brazau. 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 And uh, he is a JFL sort of talent scout, and he curates. Uh, shows up at uh, Just for Laughs, right? Yep, New Face mm-hmm. is a big one. New Face is a big one. Uh, off JFL, which mm-hmm. is sort of a more intimate series that they do with bigger name people. It's a really cool way to see big name comedians in smaller venues. Like we saw Kyle Kinane last year, which was really good. It, like what, 50, 100 people Something in Something like that. Yeah. Well, we've seen Gerard Carmichael. I've seen Maria Bamford. And all these very intimate small rooms that... Yeah, 80 to 100 people, maybe. I mean, and, you know, it's it's kind of like going to a festival and seeing your favorite rock band underplay a venue where, like, oh, my God, I saw Bruce Springsteen at, like, you know, the Barry Ballroom or something like that. So, right. Really, really cool stuff. So we, we get into the whole logistics of how Just For Last works, Nick's involvement, him and his, how his team picked talent, uh, some of their greatest accomplishments, their greatest uh, – Greatest like feather in the cap, like oh, I can't believe that that happened, and we got this happen. Like I mean, just for laughs, talent scouting team is like second to none out there on the planet. They're uh, it's the they best. Really, they're the best. That's why it's one of the most well-respected festivals out there. All right, so stay tuned for that convo. Nick Brazal hanging out from JFL. All right, so Matt, I think it's time to introduce to uh, the laugh button audience and the world, if you will, <laughs> a brand new game that I, we're going to start playing I'm here. For this. I'm I'm super psyched for this as well. This brand new game we're going to play is called Overrated, Underrated. And how it works is we have a little laugh button bucket we of thoughts. A bucket. Uh, it's a bucket of bucket of thoughts, bucket of topics, maybe you want to call it? Yeah, bucket of topics. Okay. And uh, we've asked people all around the office, uh, ourselves, to write something down on a piece of paper, fold it up, throw it in this bucket. We're just going to collect these as time goes on. Correct. We're going to bring the bucket with us to live events. So if people are at said live event and they want to put something in the bucket, they can. And basically, we're going to take turns, we're going to pull something out, and we're going to decide whether uh, what's written on that piece of paper is overrated or underrated, and we have to defend our argument. And these right. are things within pop culture. Right. Movies, TV shows, uh, books. Yeah, bands, music bands, albums. All that yeah, kind of so, stuff. So yeah. overrated, underrated. And, you know, if you have any topics you want to throw into the old bucket, I'll shake it. Yeah, there it is. Throw them into the old bucket. We'll uh, just drop us an email. We'll toss them in the bucket. Yeah, podcast at thelaughbutton.com, and uh, we will write down your topics and throw them in there if you want to find out if we think it's overrated or underrated. All right, uh, you You know, first, 
you know, begs the well, I don't want to say it begs the question, but uh, ladies first is the old oh, joke. Buddy. So do you want to go first or no, no, no? I got the bucket in my hand. So okay, I've got the longer yeah, hair let me anyway. Shake this up really good. Hold on, hold on. All right, All right. Matt. Uh, Matt is Stick officially a digit in there. yeah. <laughs> which digit? Uh, all right, I got the first uh, first piece of paper here. I'm going to open this thing up. And now I'm not reading this to you, and you're telling me it's overrated, underrated. Well, I think, yeah, whatever opinion we have. Maybe maybe you go. Okay, you, I'll, you I'll go. draw it, and I'll respond. Yeah, you go. All right, here we go. It's the first piece of paper here. I, I definitely didn't put this one in. This is not my handwriting. handwriting. Oh, all right. Carpool karaoke. Carpool oh, karaoke. Right, overrated so or underrated? Overrated or underrated? Now, this is the James Corden sketch bit that he has on his show. Yes, very popular. Very, I mean, very popular. You know, Adele's done it. Justin Bieber's done it. J-Lo's done it. If I'm not mistaken, Adele's version like broke the internet, like for the most views. Pretty in, like, sure. Twenty-four hour period or something like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Uh, it has a billion views. So, all right, here's. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this thing is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, buddy? I'm. I'm actually gonna say this thing's underrated. Underrated. Okay. Underrated. All right. Here's why this thing is underrated. Why is that? Okay, uh, because. First of all, it's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and this thing sh- this thing showcases. Yes, it's cool that Adele's on it. It's cool J Lo's on it. It's cool all these people on it. But I think what it really does, and what gets lost in the sauce here, is shows the world how talented James Corden truly is. This guy is like a a, a quintuple threat. Well, yeah. Then he was he on like a Tony Award winner for like that one man two governors right before he got the late night show. Yeah, this guy could do theater. He can sing. He, he can, can drive act. and sing at He's the same comedian. time. Yes, he can drive and <laughs> sing at the same time. I think what's people aren't realizing here is how awesome of a talent James Corden is, and this is proof because those magic moments here, like seeing Adele sing along to her own song in the car, is awesome. Yeah. It's a great. That's definitely not underrated. It's not overrated either. It's just amazing. But seeing James Corden hold court with Adele while singing next to her, like how scared would you be? And he's just jumping in there, slamming through harmonies, nailing the high notes, killing it. This is totally not the answer I expected you to give. And it's just, it blows me away. And every time I watch one of these things, I just am reminded about how talented this guy is and how more people need to know about him and the Late Late Show with James Corden because they're doing a lot of cool, unique fun things this is more of a you know everybody can be on board with this but if if you watch james corden every night you're gonna see something that you don't normally get to see on tv plus he just does it different he brings all the guests out at once and puts them all on the couch just like uh, most of the english talking head shows do right graham norton stuff and that's new for america that's different and uh and this is just one small fast of what he does well but i'm gonna say it right here carpool karaoke underrated wow. because people don't take it for what it is. And that's a showcase of James Corden's talent. We all know Adele can sing. All right. All right. All right. Surprised by that? Really? I am surprised by that because it, yes, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. It's, I feel like, you know, it's of all the things happening in late night, as far as videos and viral videos, that's, it was one of the last to come to the scene in my mind. So right. You might've thought of it as, a do you think it's run its course? You know, if I can ask I you real quick. a lot of that stuff at some point have, runs its course. I yeah. Mean, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. All right. All right. Your turn, buddy. All right. I'm Let's going into this. the bucket. Overrated, underrated. Matt Kleinschmidt's All first right. overrated, Let's underrated. I can see through the paper. It looks like dainty handwriting. So that's, is, is that you? Absolutely your handwriting. <laughs> okay. Does it look like a cartoon? Because I write like a. 
The Harry Potter book series, I would say underrated. I don't think it gives it, it gets enough credit for turning young people on to reading again. It's it's one of those things everyone read these fucking books. Every one of my teacher's friends bought these books and all their students read them. And up until that point, I don't remember a time where kids were that into reading something. And these books aren't aren't thin. They're not like 20 pages. It's like they're like these giant thick multiple hundreds of pages books and these kids clamor for them. So, underrated in the educational aspect of them. Uh and the movies were good too. There you go. <laughs> the movies were good to boot. <laughs> well, it says book series. It doesn't say I, the I Harry did. Potter I, that's series. That's why I specifically yeah, wrote yeah, book so series. So I'm not supposed to weigh in on the movies. I'm supposed to weigh in on just the books. Well, that, that exact fact that you presented is why I read today. I, I stopped reading when I left school. There was no more reason to read. I just didn't. I'd rather be doing something else until I got my hands on the Harry Potter book series. Changed my life. Now I can't stop reading. There you go. All right, so uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Overrated, Underrated. Can we make a, a sound of like us putting like yeah, the, lid the lid back, back on? on like, sure, go ahead. I'm terrible with the sound bites today, dude. So if you didn't like what we uh, drew from the bucket here, well, then fix the problem. Yeah. Email us, podcast at thelaughbutton.com. What do you think uh, we should debate upon, whether it's overrated or underrated? We'll write it down. We'll throw it in the bucket, and we'll use it for uh, possibly next week. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, exactly. With all that said, we're going to go now to Nick Brazau, our special guest. Join us right here on the Laugh Button Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time to get all JFL up in here. It is time. We're going to do this just for laughs. A festival, yeah, I think I might be crossing the threshold of double digits this year. I think I'm it's not. I'm like six or seven. Six or seven in. I feel like this might be my 11th. Just for Laughs in Montreal. It's uh, quite simply put, the, the, the greatest comedy festival on planet Earth. Uh, anybody and everybody is there. It is. Um, I think there's a rule, actually, that certain people aren't allowed to come just in case something happens so that comedy can survive. Designated survivor. That's what they call it in Congress. It's like whenever everyone gathers in Congress where the president's giving a speech, right. they have a designated survivor who's a dude who gets locked away somewhere else in case, like, Congress explodes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so those people are in Toronto when this happens. Yes. And they Skype in. To make sure Toronto. the comedy lives. Right. <laughs> well, we have a very important piece of the pie as far as Just for Laughs, its history, uh, one of the biggest elements um, that Just for Laughs brings to the table, and also uh, the man behind the expansion of JFL, Nick Brazau. Brazau. I'm just excited to be introduced as a piece of pie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what flavor of pie would you be? If uh, uh, do you have a particular bumbleberry? I'd be I'd be raspberry. Raspberry. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, I'm Nick, uh, thanks for taking the time first of all, and uh, congrats on all the success you've ever had so far with the fest and your partaking of it. But you you're behind uh, New Faces, which is sort of the dream of any comedian. Getting called for New Faces and to be a part of that is very important to one's career as far as comedy is concerned because it's it's the official stamp of approval right uh, do you feel that way like do you feel the pressures of that um <laughs> i i definitely do i we take the new faces selection process 
extremely seriously. And last night we just had our first set of uh, New York callbacks, and I was sitting with a few of the comedians, a couple of them who had done New Faces before, and a couple who were auditioning. I was talking to, to one of the guys about, you know, and he made some sort of joke as to, like, oh, well, you're holding everybody's <laughs> dreams in your hands. And I was, you know, gave me an instant ulcer about <laughs> the entire job at hand. But we do realize, like, it's, it's a huge amount of respect that I think that the comedy community places on new faces. And we try to treat that with uh, as much effort and due diligence on our part as possible to do the most complete scouting process that we can. So two rounds in New York and L.A., we go see live auditions in Chicago. We accept submissions from everywhere, and we try to really watch every one of the videos. And I was talking to him about that, like, you know, after this round is over, we're going to go back and we're going to make sure that we've seen all the clips. And he was kind of, you know, shocked that we actually take the time to watch submissions because they figure that, oh, well, when you ask for a clip, it's just because you're, you're u using that as permission to not yeah, watch something. Yeah. Right. But right. we really, you know... It's people going up in front of strangers to audition in an audition context. And, you know, I've performed before, and a lot of us have watched enough comedy to appreciate how nerve-wracking that can be. Mm -hmm. And we want to give it the respect it deserves, that people are taking the time out of their lives and, you know, really put us on the pedestal. So it is a lot of pressure, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks so for that gets So that gets pointed that. out, and yeah. then now all of a sudden you're on an island, right? Uh, Nobody wants to talk to you, or all of a sudden everybody wants to talk to you once they find out who you are? Um, I mean, it's interesting. People react differently. I react differently. I mean, I've just been in this role for a few years, uh, having been involved in the scouting process. And, uh, yeah, it's tricky. I try to make break down the wall as much as possible and just introduce people because they're not going to know who I am. And, they, yeah. you know, I look like a comic sometimes, and they just sort of see me as some dude yeah you, you don't have a name tag or a shirt that says yeah. i'm important in this situation. nor do i want one i don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. but yeah what's <laughs> well, good it's good it's show up in a suit well really no it's a, it, i think it, it's a um, the submission process of the comedy festivals could be nerve-wracking and there's definitely some you hear good experiences and bad experiences and i always say that just for laughs is like a very great experience people have it's very positive because it means something. You could tell it means something to you guys as a staff as just as much as it means something to a comedian as uh, you know, up-and-coming comic. Like we, we know a large amount of the faces that make it the news faces because they're important and they end up becoming something in this world, I guess, is what the word I'm looking for. What attracted you to comedy in the first place that made you care and made you say, hey, like I, I want to be involved in this, whether it's on stage, off stage? Uh, or to this level where you're affecting people's careers like directly now, you know? Um, I think it started as uh, I always wanted to be a performer initially, like okay. from the youngest age, you know, I was a, a class clown and then that, that probably translated into trying to do as many skits or anything on stage in high school and acting in school plays and then I went and did theater in school and then I actually started performing stand-up and just the love of and appreciation of performing live in front of an audience and I think mm -hmm. that stand-up even more so than playing a character the fact that you break down the fourth wall and that you can talk to people and that you're you know unless you're a character comedian you're playing yourself you're yep. coming from your own viewpoint for a large part sometimes it's played up or it's you know mm -hmm. for the sake of the joke embellished a bit but you're really it's the most direct point of contact between you and somebody else mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know I just have such huge respect for it and that sort of 
eventually i don't know that i, I started out saying that i want to i didn't picture you know 10 years ago that i'd be on a rooftop <laughs> <laughs> speaking to a, a the podcast penthouse in, rooftop. in the penthouse <laughs> that i'm not staying in by the way we just uh, just want to be clear <laughs> but yeah i think it just came from a love of live performance and and laughter and sort of put in a lot of work and, and it leads you here do you have like a and this might be asking you to play favorites but do you have a comedian that you found put in new faces and you're particularly proud of like I found so and so then they became monstrous no I mean I haven't been involved in the process directly okay. for long enough to be able to say that I've seen the effect that new faces has had like since I've been involved with the festival for seven years mm-hmm. Uh, and even a little bit before that, I kind of worked at Just for Laughs in another capacity in one mm-hmm. of the venues. But, you know, seeing the people come through, like seeing Chris D'Elia yeah. and mm-hmm. Amy Schumer and those people come through and Nikki Glaser as New Faces and seeing the trajectory that your career can have. And it's not because of New Faces necessarily. Like, that's a, for sure a, a big huge feather in the cap. It's a big feather in the cap and it exposes you to, you know, a lot of industry in a great way at the mm-hmm. festival and international buyers and all that sort of stuff. But to see... You know the direction that people's um, careers can take, and to see also the connection that they have to like their new faces class. You yeah. know, like yeah. I was talking last night with Mike Leibovitz, and it's like mm-hmm. he was talking about the connection that he has to these you know 19 other comedians that you knew maybe to varying degrees, but even still, you know, four or five years later, he still feels that connection when he sees those guys or gets the chance to work with them on the road, and it's a pretty special thing. It's like comedy camp, but like yeah. a graduating class of that, and so it's exciting. This festival is ginormous. I mean, it's a month long, really, essentially, uh, you know, between the French and the English portions of this thing. And and now uh, off GFL is, is uh, something you guys have added to the brand. And, mm-hmm. and so what was the idea behind that, the, the concept of that? Is it, is it just another reason to get more shows or is it uh, uh, just a different entry point for a lot of these people to make it into just JFL proper or you know what was the goal behind off off JFL um, off JFL is kind of a combination of all of those things it actually started I guess most directly as the flying solo series okay. so it really is based around yeah. size of venue so it's mm-hmm. the intimate okay. shows that happen at the festival so we started probably in 2009 as flying solo series and it was, you know, Patrice O'Neill doing shows in a hundred seater, and Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall, and you know, they're not doing do these galas, but not doing, doing these galas, but like a chance Saint to kind Catherine of have exactly in yeah, Theater St. Catherine, yeah. or that year we even had like Zach Galifianakis did the Flying Solo series okay. back before he, you know, exploded into what he is today and a huge movie star and all that. Yeah. But it was like he was playing in front of you know 115 people with a piano, and like people that got to see those shows. It's really about. Um, that quality of experience Mm -hmm. so so it's sort of like almost an underplay like it's the ultimate underplay yeah yeah, there's yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's not a money play (laughs) 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 i mean we try to keep the ticket price low it's really important for us i think to have that entry point for true comedy fans to access the festival because there's so much high profile with the galas and you know the large concerts and you know roast battle and like all these big sort of flashy shiny sides of the festival is really the ability to have a back door to it and kind of like the alleyway behind all the glitz and glamour where you have you know four years ago bill burr performing a run of six shows and you get to see him 
for a full hour at Theater St. Catherine with 99 other people. Yeah. And you know that if you were there that night when the lady who was sitting upstairs in the balcony actually dropped her bag and you saw him riff on that yeah, thing, yeah, it's yeah. like a really it's the intimacy of the of the shows. Yeah, well, we, uh, we saw Kyle Kinane that way last year. Yeah, we saw year. we yeah, saw Kinane. Yeah. I think I think it's uh, you can uh, to put it into a different perspective. It's like it's like going to a festival and seeing a band like Muse perform at like the Bowery Ballroom where it's mm-hmm. like 400 people. That band can sell out 10,000 seaters. So it's like you get to see your favorite band like right there and uh, yeah. in comedy that's that's the ultimate. You get to see like that yeah. guy do that. Like we've seen Gerard Carmichael in that setting. We've seen Maria Bamford in that setting. It's mm-hmm. and that's what I love about JFL. It's like you literally look at the f- you look at the f- at the at the lineup, and it's like I can't go wrong with anything. Like there's literally not a weak spot in the armor, and I, I think that's uh, yeah, tremendous. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. It's very amazing, and how you guys are able to do that every year, like consistently every year. It's like nope, no flaws here, and you're now going on what your thirty third year of the festival. This is the thirty fourth. Oh, yeah, so yeah. close. So, so, but that's that's impressive. That's very yeah. impressive. So to be able to find that stuff. So it's well, a huge compliment. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to. I mean, to, uh, it's all because of me. You anybody. should say thank you. I'll bring that back hey, to everyone you're else. Hey, slice of that pie, man. Yeah, you're yeah, slice you're that absolutely pie. part of that. Don't sell yourself short, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely part of that. So. so, you know, with with all these shows, with all these comics in the same location, you know, there's sort of the central hangout where most comics are staying and hang out. But, but people wander and. Stories are both written and told, <laughs> and experiences happen. It's a pretty magical place. I don't want to say it's like a Vegas scenario, you know, where it's like, hey, this happened here, that's where it stays. But over the years, you must have experienced or, or heard or in the myth, myth, mythos of JFL some pretty incredible things taking place, whether they're conversations or people meeting for the first time or... or uh, you're asking I, for dirt, is what no, you're asking No, I don't want dirt. Or the story. I, this stuff that, that, that's the lifeblood of JFL that makes it special, why people talk about it so much, why people want to come back, why people who don't have comedy websites, who yeah. aren't comedians, want to come and just find an Airbnb and stay there for a week just to soak up the atmosphere because it is a different energy and it's a very unique place. So, so what are some moments that just sort of stand out in your head that you're like, this is only happening here? It's pretty incredible. Like for me, seeing the Muppets that one year was—that yep. th- was that was a face melt for me. You yep. know, because you're seeing them in a unique setting, you're seeing an original show, you're seeing co- comics directly involved with them, and getting to share that moment with other people that love the Muppets maybe as much as I did. Is that that's forever? You know, I'm, I can't yep. wait to tell my kids and my grandkids about that. You know, it's special. So, so for you, what are some of those moments that? Uh, um. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, no. Uh, it's just there's so many different yeah, things. Yeah, sort yeah, of course. Because on the one hand, I don't necessarily get to be the person experiencing those moments, but I try to take pride in the fact that we work really hard to put all the stuff that you're talking about in place yeah. so that those things can happen. So on the one hand, I'm like, um, it's a show-related moment of last summer at 1 a.m. when... Dave Chappelle popped into Midnight Surprise uh, and decided yeah. to close the show doing an entire hour in yeah. Theater St. Catherine. Yeah. And, you know, seeing him make jokes about, uh, you know, the weird strip club slash potential brothel across the street. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, hearing him make the same jokes that I know other Montreal comedians have made about the same sign. And, like, every, you know, seeing the biggest or your favorite comedian make that joke. Um, and then just hearing stories of comedians rubbing shoulders like the same way that you experienced the Muppets 
I know that the comedians that got to perform on that show, it was a huge moment for them. Like Adam yeah. Hills getting to meet, uh, you know, the Muppets and then go out and perform. It's like, you know, moments that will live with them forever. Mm -hmm. So knowing that you get to affect not only the fans, but the talent in such a special way. Yeah. Um, and then other, like, you know, those late night stories that I generally don't get to take part of because <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, putting schedules together <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. until <laughs> 4 a.m. You're creating <laughs> the environment for those to happen, and yeah. Mm. It's but so many late night hangs and just that critical mass of comedians all wanting to be there because at the end of the day, I think, like, throughout the year, and that's why it always feels like camp is that people go off and they tour mm -hmm. or they go off on their own, and, like, maybe you're matched up with... Uh, an opener that you bring with you maybe it's somebody that you don't even know but the opportunity to be in town with you know a few hundred of your peers at the same time that you like and generally don't get to see yeah. and from all over the world it just creates all those sorts of special things and then you know we accentuate it with parties and there's sure you know sure sponsors yeah. help by yeah bringing, like bringing the free booze to the situation yeah, the thursday <laughs> night bar spot bar hang gets a little nuts during yeah. the comedy pro week so it's kind of nuts yeah. so it's great and it's also a testament to how much these comics want to get involved with each other's situations too like I, I remember when we when we were soaking up the you know the the roast masters invitational oh yeah i mean that was everybody that to clawing JFL. and fighting to get in to the, and comedians too i can't get i gotta get in yeah. and and seeing Chappelle just show up and like I'm gonna be a judge tonight, you yeah. know, yeah. or or whoever it is. Well, well yeah. Like and I got to work really closely with Jeff Ross and those guys uh, on yeah, booking the talent for that. That and bringing yeah. that into the festival just kind of took that whole because it, it, it became a destination every night. Every night yeah. at midnight, I think the show was it was the last thing of the night. Yeah. The, the night you would go there during the Comedy Pro series, and it's just like okay, Roastmasters, let's see what's yeah, happening. Let's you, get there. You yeah. watch like uh, not Tony Hinchcliffe, but uh, Matt. I'm forgetting Matt Broussard. Yeah, Matt Broussard, like, pick a fight with Wanda Sykes because she was a little tipsy the night before and stuff like that. You yeah. Know? You have to watch and it was just, it creates such high-stakes comedy, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. And yeah. it's they have to put in the work. So it's like if you're going to advance, you know, it's a five-night elimination-style mm -hmm. competition, and seeing mm -hmm. them have to, if you, if you win that night in the day, the next yeah. day, you're researching your new opponent, yeah. you're trying to write jokes about this person that you may or may not know before. Yeah. Like two and hours. And then getting yeah, surprised. Hours, like, Kate yeah. Trevor Wilson was amazing yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. You know, and, and you then watch like Jimmy Carr kind of almost dominate certain people sometimes. Yeah, but everybody expect, and that was the Everyone great part of it too, him. is like yeah. you had the underdogs like the Matthew Broussards and yeah. the K-Trevs, and, and then you had Jimmy Carr who everybody yeah. expected to do well and yeah. did amazing. You know, right, so right, it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. that yeah, whole... Game. Everyone leveled up. Yeah, yeah really but to have dope. a new face up against Jimmy in the finals yeah. is like, you couldn't have really scripted it better. And yeah. the way that the elimination, like we tried to have, you know, four Canadians four internationals yeah. and you know four americans from the east coast and four americans from the west coast and then just the kind way regional, that they yeah. actually eliminated each other i think the finals was one international one canadian one and then american from either side yeah i mean like you couldn't have scripted that better like yeah. it's, it's and i'm a sucker for that big board too every time i went board in we the big board, yeah, yeah we yeah, put I that together it was yeah, like <laughs> i was just i go there and be like take another picture <laughs> like oh i love this this is so great yeah, yeah. I, 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 I will give our graphic designer uh, some yeah, kudos yeah it's one of the great thing about just for laughs is it's it's equal parts you catch it you you walk into a an elevator, and you're standing next to Greg Proops or someone like that. And you're like, oh, hey, Greg Proops. Oh, speaking of Proops, we ran into him in the street on the way over here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's just like, hey, Proops. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's like, just that's that's what it's like there. Yeah. Too, at the it's festival. that great I mean, element of like seeing people. This is New York City, but in GFO, you're going to walk down the street and see every one of your favorite comedians just 
being a human being. And know? it's great that yeah. you can give that to comedy fans, too, you mm-hmm. know, with the off JFL, with the comedy pro, where you can kind of give people this entry point to just fall in love with comedy. I think it's yeah. just so important now. And it's 2016, and we're having a nice renaissance of stand-up, but I feel like because of what you guys do at Just for Laughs, like it really just does allow for those comedy fans to be like, oh, so-and-so is a normal person, or so-and-so is totally accessible as long as I'm not creepy and weird about it, you know, right. so... Let's talk about the importance of, of JFL to the community and stuff, because I feel like, I, I mean, this festival is so big now, it, it, people are clearly affected by this. Transportation's affected, hotels are affected, like, people's just general tourism, lives. Yeah. yeah, tourism, everything's affected by this. Well, Montreal is very much a city of festivals. Like, in the summertime, okay. even before Just for Last Happens, there's Jazz, jazz Fest, fest right, there's right. Francofolie, which is like, you know, a French language music festival. There is... Um, you know, the Grand Prix weekend that happens okay. in June. There's Oceaga that happens. We're actually lined up with them this year on our last weekend. You know, mm-hmm. so it's from as soon as it gets, and I think it's, you know, partly because of how frigid the winters are. It's everybody's so excited to be outside that this yeah. city just turned into a place of people being able to congregate outdoors in some way or another. So it's festivals that are just back to back all the way through the summer and. You pretty much can't drive as long as you're okay not driving downtown. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody sort of understands that that's what's going on, and you look gotcha. forward to the different points within that. Whether it be and there's mural festival now, which has oh, turned into like a ten day long sort of street fest that they do amazing murals of graffiti on t- on. Uh, actually, I can't even say graffiti. I'm sure I'm <laughs> butchering the term, <laughs> no, but no, like I mean, you know, beautiful art pieces now on yeah. all the downtown core, and you can go on like they've got different walks that you can go oh, through really cool. so tourists really if you come to montreal at any point in the summer specifically the end of july is the best but um <laughs> you get you to experience biased, all that sort of stuff <laughs> but it is true like we used to do our toronto festival which now is in september we mm-hmm. used to do right before montreal in uh, early july but they have a completely different mentality everybody in toronto you want to go away on the weekend you want to go to cottage country you want to just get out because there isn't that same sort of mentality of you know the city opens up and everybody gets together and experiences mm-hmm. live outdoor performance which is pretty beautiful thing so yeah. but yeah i mean hotels are are booked up and <laughs> tourism is you know learning how to adapt to it but i think it's a, a really good problem to have if i were to equate it to like an american city i'd put like austin Austin has South by Southwest. It has Austin City Limits. It has yeah. like it has like a festival every weekend, you know. Um, which so and that's a very cool city. It's very progressive, very interesting, and very art friendly. And I view Montreal the same way, except sometimes they say bonjour to me instead of hello. Yeah. So it's really great in that aspect. Uh, it's a year-round process for you, right? I mean, there's no time off for you. I mean, JFL, like you said, it's so international. Has all these festivals going on at different times of the year. Uh, do you just have every single comedian who has ever performed is performing or is about to perform? Do you have their name in some sort of massive da- database projected on a screen? Like, How do you, how are you just aware of everything? Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that's kind of your gig, right? As a scout, you're like, you're here in New York um, City, but, you know, for specific new face showcases. But are you just constantly watching comedy shows or like, do you take time off? Uh, I mean, th- we get like two weeks at Christmas. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's pretty sweet. Go uh, <laughs> try to eat some turkey. Uh, I appreciate that we come across all-knowing, which is great. Because <laughs> there's we, a button we here. definitely, that's the goal, and you do your, but, you know. Well, I say that because there is a lot of discovery up there. You know, like, I'll, I'll go to shows, and I'll be like, oh, wow, I wasn't even aware of this comedian. I didn't, I yeah. didn't know who this was. 
and and you know, it's hard to be on top of everything, but but I feel like uh, a festival like yours allows me to do that. You know, for sure, I'm exposed to new things. So, yeah, I mean, it's talking to people. It's trying to you know listen to agents and managers and who they're excited about and the people that are living in in the cities that we go and scout to and be on top of the new concept shows that are coming out whether it be you know the goddamn comedy jam or the trump versus bernie's or the you know and understanding you know the hot tub shows that are are being done and you know and what's going on at largo and we can't be everywhere and you're not gonna you know be perfect 100 percent of the time and you know i'm gonna make mistakes i'm sure in the you know <laughs> the booking process of, of new faces, somebody may get overlooked that ends up being a huge star that didn't get new faces, and yeah. that happens you know. Yeah, sure. You only have so many slots you could fill too. You only have so many slots, and it's hard to you know predict how you know humans are are going to develop. But yeah, I think it is. It's a team effort. I know I'm sitting. I'm the only one on the rooftop with you guys, but it's, <laughs> it's oh, we definitely, know that. We definitely know that. you yeah. know larger than us, and we work with a huge team of consultants that have been. You know, around comedy for far longer than you know than I have, and we should try to become consultants. <laughs> we know people. I right? know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, I know, know a guy you, man. I know a dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is there uh, anybody that, uh, for instance, like you were saying, when you check out these these new face uh, showcases, and and maybe you have repeat customer. I shouldn't say customers, but you have you have somebody you're seeing again. You know, maybe they'll get it this year. Maybe they won't. Uh, but do you ever see someone you're like, ah, oh, you know what, this is the year, and then they just stop doing comedy, and you're <laughs> like, why did you do that? <laughs> I was about to just make it happen, uh, because people go in and out of comedy all the time, right? You know, some people just don't like life on the road, or some people just, I guess you bomb hard enough one time, and you just, you're turned off, and you just don't want to deal with it anymore. Uh, I mean, it's it's something that you can't. You can't just pop up whenever you feel like it and be awesome. You know, you mm-hmm. have to flex that muscle every night. And, and some people just make the call for whatever reason, say, hey, I'm not going to do it anymore. And from your perspective, you're kind of bummed because you're like, oh, man, there's a lot of potential there. You know, do you, have you talked to anyone out of retirement? <laughs> um, not yet. I mean, I'm still, Talk I think, pretty young in my, in my career to have gotten to that point. Also, I don't think that my role should necessarily be a... You know, I'm not a manager. I'm not. I'm yeah. not managing somebody's career. I'm doing my best to uh, try to exercise good taste. Well, I have had one in my, you know, young career. I guess I was talking to uh, a former new face who I was a big fan of, and I, you know, was just I ran into him in New York during first round, and uh, you know, I just expressed that I hadn't seen him in a while and we started talking about stand-up and he was talking about how he had been doing it less because of the fact that he's working a lot more on um, you know film and video stuff and that he's been doing a lot more writing and then when I left town I got a text from him saying like wow your talk you know actually motivated me and I booked three gigs this week oh, cool. so it's a small sort of thing I didn't talk yeah. him out of it he was by no <laughs> means retired <laughs> or contemplating well, it well I but guess technically in between gigs you're retired right who knows yeah. if you're yeah that's it you're <laughs> ne- you're have, you, have you ever heard any like good I got new faces so I did blank stories like you always hear like someone like oh I quit my job when I found I got new faces or I was able to do this or that like has anyone just has anyone ever told you something you're like wow I'm glad I could do that for that person um I think a cool part last year, um, Vlad Camano, who's yeah. one of the new faces. He got a TV show. Um, taping right now. Sebastian Maniscalco needed yep. an opener, 
And then I thought he was a great fit for that, so I suggested Vlad to Sebastian, and then Sebastian really liked him and ended up keeping him, and then another new face, Leonard Utz, like the whole week. Vlad got seen opening for Sebastian, and then again by the second part of the equation when he was on his new faces show, and then that's how he got his pilot this year. Which oh, that's so great. stories like that are really cool. Yeah, those are great um, stories. Awesome. Speaking you know, of Sebastian, this guy's crushing it. Like yeah, and he's six just sold in out another shows at the Beacon Theater here in New York. So when I get to see a guy like Vlad, and he like you know gives yeah. me a hug when I see him, he's just like that. You know, yeah, I don't. Like he is responsible for that, in my opinion, by being hilarious and doing a right. great job on that but show. But you open but up that other, the next yeah, door, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, that's part of it. That's really yeah. fun. What is it? Success is opportunity plus preparedness, something like that. You you present the yeah. opportunity, he presents the preparedness, the success. Yeah. I don't know. I got really metaphysical. Dude, man, yeah. I don't know. It's writing books it. over here. I, I guess <laughs> I am. I guess I am. That's so. great. It's really well, um, <laughs> you know, we want to keep you forever, but. It, I, I will say this because a lot of comedians listen to the podcast and, and, and maybe they're just starting out. His home phone number is. No, 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 it's <laughs> not that, but just, <laughs> you, you know, I think it, it, especially in this industry, like advice is really important, you know, and if you can't, if you can't put somebody on stage or, or maybe they're just not ready to be on that stage yet, whether it's new faces or be at JFL yet, um, but people have aspirations to be there and they want to get there, um, y- you know, what are some what are some of the most important things for you, at least as a scout? Because you can speak speak from you know that angle that uh, that are important for you. I mean, yeah. it's going to be really cliche, but it's just it's stage time. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. ten thousand hours of whatever. Gladwell, Gladwell. Yeah. It's it's mm-hmm. really what it takes. I've seen people and friends of mine, and from doing stand up myself, and seeing people that I knew starting out that you don't necessarily think have the the tools right away in terms of they're always the guy you know when you're in a group of friends and you're always trying to one-up each other with being funny they weren't necessarily the guy coming up with those lines but by watching them really apply themselves and really try to always get better and just get on stage and and ask yourself why is this interesting and you know and edit and you know cut things down and be more efficient with your jokes and don't and just try to tell it to as many people as possible and that's why touring comedians do well is because you get out and you you know, you test a reference somewhere else and realize that that's going to, you know, get a different reaction somewhere in the middle America than it would in Canada and understanding what's most translatable. So when I'm watching, especially for new faces, it's trying to picture them on stage in Montreal, given that that audience is going to be a varied makeup of industry and fans and Montrealers. And, you know, is your is your point of view going to be something that anybody could sort of listen to and get or do you need to be in new york and understand that specific experience yeah yeah. but it's just i don't know again it's like finding getting closer and closer to your voice and that's part of what maybe led me more away from performing myself and more into the scouting was a i didn't feel like i had the time to put in to do the necessary steps to be competing on that level and then uh it is a tricky thing to stand up there and you know you, you you're a sponge you're a comedy fan mm-hmm. as well as being a performer and you know I, as a performer i could feel myself telling jokes and then i get off stage and then you know i talk to somebody and they'd be like yeah well that was kind of like you know bill burrish or whatever you know yeah, what i mean yeah, you're yeah. just like oh i didn't even realize like, yeah. you know but you're, just fi- regurgitating you're your so as soon as yeah. you can filter all that sort of stuff and the more times that you do it the more that it's going to sound like you you know and that and as soon as it sounds like you and i'm watching somebody kill with an interesting perspective that i know other people will get 
and then and it sounds uniquely them then that's for me as a scout what i look for and what i really key into nice awesome. cool thank you very much great advice well um do the time <laughs> put in the work <laughs> do the time <laughs> minus the crime right minus the crime all right well thank or you sex for tape or a sex tape yeah. that'll jump you to the top of the line have you been actually <laughs> have you a- well i guess it's a fair question have you been accidentally sent the wrong clip <laughs> Yeah, like hey, send us a clip. But it's here's a my five minute set from you know Chicago. <laughs> Actually, that's just me having sex with someone. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. Now it's a two minute clip. Yeah. <laughs> did, what did are you gonna do with these other three minutes? Yeah, yeah. Have you have you <laughs> three received minutes some apologizing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you received some pretty interesting clips? Like, uh, yeah, because you mean, do try you to watch all these, so you can obviously you try to see watch the them all. And for sure, like you know, some submissions are from people that don't even do stand-up and they're just, you know, maybe a little bit delusional. <laughs> like you get people telling jokes in front of their bathroom mirror, you know, recording it on their iPhone as opposed to re- you know, know, getting on a stage room, somewhere. Yeah. You see all kinds. Oh, well, sure. must you no guys sex like tapes yet. It's like you guys post. As soon like as I get a sex tape <laughs> submission, yeah. laugh button part two. <laughs> it's like the first two weeks of American <laughs> Idol where it's all the terrible singers yeah. that just are there to make fun of Simon. Yeah. I, I can imagine there's a vault somewhere with the uh, all the clips. Yeah, you know, the vault the, of clips. Yeah, the vault of go. clips. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Nick. We really appreciate the time, and, and uh, it's good to see you here in New York, and we're looking forward to getting back up yeah. to the festival. See you just yeah. last yeah. in uh, we'll July. Thank you guys for having me. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. You got it. Great Cheers. Time. All right, that was Nick Brazell. I want to thank him. I want to thank uh, the outside world for being a part of it. We uh, <laughs> taped that one outside. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. We did it on like a rooftop overlooking the city. It was really nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah. And uh, thank you, for Nick, for your time, man. We appreciate it. We know you're a busy guy, and we'll see you up at JFL. We're obviously going to be up there for the Comedy Pro. And uh, seriously, go to hahaha.com and check out Comedy Pro. If you're, if you're part of industry or if you just want to be there when industry is around, there's so many great shows. I can't explain to you how yeah. cool this comedy festival is. Plus, plus you're just in the city of Montreal, which is phenomenal. Great food, great people. You might learn some French <laughs> while you're there, and, uh, and you can have some poutine, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new faces. They, they always do a show with the 10 comics to watch at Variety Picks, which were just announced this week. That's right. I mean, dude, like... Let's read the list. Let's read the list. Okay, first of all, uh, James Adomian and Anthony Atamani. I can, I can never pronounce his last Anthony. name. Anthony. Anthony. James and Anthony. Bernie versus Trump debate. Right. It, you know, fantastic. James Adomian should not only be on SNL, but like he should be like the breakout star of SNL. That guy can almost impersonate anyone. Vlad Kamano. Vlad's great. He's got a new show coming out. He's awesome one. Ronnie Chang for The Daily Show. Yep. You know, he's fantastic. Cameron Esposito. Laugh Button podcast guest. We love Cameron. Jermaine Fowler, Laugh Button podcast guest. Love Jermaine. Lauren Lapkiss, fantastic. Lauren Lapkiss, love her Lauren. show. She was on that show, Crashing. She was also on that show, The Characters on Netflix. Jurassic Park. Yes. Or Jurassic World, World, I should say. Loved her in that. Alongside uh, my boy Nick from... Pardon named Charla. Yeah, do, do, do you sense the pattern here? These are all like former Laugh Button uh, podcast guests. So mm-hmm. it's uh, fantastic. Lily Singh. I'm not sure. I'm not really familiar with Lily Singh. Well, you're going to be. Mm, going to have to be. Uh, Granger Smith, again. Uh, Earl Dibbs, one of my favorite characters. Smith's growing comedy repertoire. That's what it says here. Roy Wood Jr., our man Roy Wood. My man. My man Roy Wood Jr. So Roy Wood Jr. is on it as well. So like that's a killer lineup. And I would say half of them we've already had on the Left Button Podcast. Dive into our archives. Give it a listen. Know what all these comics are about. And then maybe let's try to get it, uh, the other five on the podcast too. So there you we'll go. We'll do that. We will do mm-hmm. that. All right. Back to the socials at the Left Button 
Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, anything else I uh, didn't mention. TheLaughButton.com. Go there. Sign up for the newsletter. Facebook. Facebook, right? How, do I, how can I forget Facebook? Sign up for the newsletter so you can be in touch with us directly. We'll send you all the best stories from the week and some contesting. And uh, be sure to check out our merch store. The new t-shirts are selling, man. We got some new designs, and they're like hotcakes right now. Yeah, so. the laughbun.com slash merch. It's, I, I love the fact that our shirts are selling. It means people want to wear these shirts and they actually want to show their uh, their love for the laugh button. So love it. All right, rapid fire, overrated, underrated. Oh, Radiohead. Oh, come on. I think they're a little overrated. Hot Rod. The movie? The movie. Underrated. Girls. The TV show? Underrated, and then it got overrated. Beyonce. Overrated. All right, that's yeah. going to do it for this episode of the Lap Button Podcast. Download, subscribe, tell your friends, be a part of the team, support the people that support comedy. Best friends forever, man. BFF. Yeah.